Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. We're digging back into the archives this week to recognize Black History Month. And today, we've got this interview from 1977 with Alex Haley, the author of Roots. It took a lot for him to write the book, more than I ever knew, really, because he wanted to understand firsthand what it would be like to make the trip his characters would make from a West African port to the United States in the hold of a ship. So he got as close as he could, sleeping in the depths of a modern-day ship, which he says wasn't really that close. And he told NPR's Marty Griffin that, even so, the trip nearly killed him. Just a heads up, the conversation centers on suicidal ideation. Here it is, and Alex Haley starts us off. This message comes from NPR sponsor LiveRight, publishers of Left for Dead. Shipwreck, treachery, and survival at the edge of the world by Eric J. Dolan. The true story of five castaways abandoned on the Falkland Islands during the War of 1812. Available wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. I went to Africa, flew to Africa, and put the word up and down the coast that um, I was wanting to book passage as a passenger on the first freighter I could get sailing any from any West African port directed to the United States. And finally I got word that a ship was sailing from Monrovia, Liberia, to Florida. And I got there and shipped on as a passenger. Um, She was carrying largely a cargo of crude rubber in the small bales they do it in. And I got on the ship and I talked to the captain and he could not, of course, formally approve what I wanted to do, but he could sort of agree not to know, you know, and he didn't have to know. Every evening after dinner, uh, I would go back down to my stateroom and then I would get myself together and I would go, I had found a place in the second hold of the ship. Now, you've probably never been in a ship hold, right? No, the I ship holds are deep, dark, cavernous, cold places. They are deeper than this room, immensely wider than this room. You know, they just carry cargo. That's what they're for. And uh, they're not for people. They're for cargo. And Like the I've, holds of slave ships. Well, no, no, they're not like the hold of slave ships. No, there's a lot of difference. The slaves would have been in the uttermost luxury to have ridden in the hold of a freighter as compared to a slave ship. Um, I found down in their big, wide timber a rough cut rough saw. It's what they call dunnage. They use it to put it between cargo to keep it from shifting. And every night after dinner, I would go down there in that hole. It was dark and I would take off my clothing to my underwear and lie on my back on this timber. And I would make myself stay right there until morning. And I would know it was morning because I could hear footsteps on the steel deck overhead and I'd come on up out. I was just kind of numb with cold, with whatnot, and then I'd go to my room, take a hot shower, and whatever had come into my head that night about what it maybe was like for Kunta on a voyage, I would make my notes very quickly, and then I'd go to sleep as best I could. About the third night out, I think it was, in fact, the third night out, I had, um, I just was weighed down with troubles. I, uh, 
instead of going down into the hold after dinner, I went out onto the fantail, the stern, something that sailors do, you know, stand there and you're looking at this white frothy wake, the propellers kicking up, mm-hmm. and you put your bottom foot up on the bottom, I mean, your, your foot up on the bottom rail and you hold your hands on the top rail. And I'm standing there looking. The sun has sunk. It's dark, early night. And it just seemed all my trouble just rolled in on me, just miseries. I owed everybody I could think of. I had been lying to the publishers. I had sworn to them I'd be finished in six months with the book, and I knew I had another two years to go about that. Um, And most of all, there was the emotional turmoil of what I was trying to do, trying to become Kunta in that ship, in that hold. And it was that about at that time when all that was in on me, I had this funny feeling that came to me that there was an answer to all of it. That all I had to do was take the other foot and step through the rail and drop in the sea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a funny thing. I look back on, think back upon that now. It was an experience, something like I have heard that when people are about to freeze, they feel warm and comfortable. I felt almost euphoric. Yeah, that's it. That's the answer. That take care of all of them. I don't, you know, the hell with the debts. I, I, all of it. Forget it. Just drop in the sea. It would be very private. There was nobody there. Nobody would miss me until morning at best. And I was that far from stepping through that rail. I felt no sense of pain, no sense of doubt, no sense of anything except to do that, to get it over with. And then I had one of the most eerie experiences I've ever had in my life. I began to hear voices. It was no big thing. It was just like you may, all of us have been asleep in your dream, and you hear people talking in a dream. I heard people talking very conversationally, and there was nothing strident about it. They were saying things like, no, you can't do that. No, you must finish. You must go on. Finish your book. And I knew exactly who they were. They were Kunta, the African. They were Belle. They were Chicken George. They were my grandmother. They were all those who'd gone before. And I remember the the thing, it jolted me into wanting to live. And I remember I just had to almost tear myself, just thrust myself backward from that rail. And I remember going scuttling like a crab over the hatch covers. Hatches are right in the middle of the deck. And I got to my room, our state room, and I remember just flopping down over that bunk and went into a paroxysm of tears. I cried my insides out for what exactly, I'm not sure. But I know that whereas normally I would get down the hold of that ship around 8 at night, this night it must have been about midnight when I crawled back down there. And that was the night. That was my catharsis. That was the night that I felt for the first time that I could write that section of Roots, that I could write what it really was like for Kunta down in the hole of that ship, which was, in fact, the Lord Ligonier crossing from the Gambia River, having left there July 5th, 1767, on her way to Annapolis, where she arrived September 29th that year. Alex Haley, the author of Roots. He spoke with NPR's Marty Griffin.
This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.